Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program. My name is Steve Z, and on this program, we point out the hypocrisy and the double standards of the left that only seem to favor the left and go against conservatism at every turn. Let's talk for just a moment about gropey Joe Biden, the president of the United States. How bad of a president are you when someone like Hillary Clinton is even now calling you out for stupid decisions that you're making? How bad of a presidency do you have when your own party's darling Hillary Rotten Clinton is calling you out for decisions you're making? Old nasty Hillary Clinton said Sunday that the U.S. should be ready to face dire consequences of President Gropey Joe Biden's decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Axios broke the news last week that both Hillary Rotten Clinton and Condoleezza Rice agreed on something, expressing concern about the decision to members of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Clinton was asked on CNN, what do you think of the decision? Hillary Clinton said, well, it's been made, and I know it is a very difficult decision. This is what we call a wicked problem. You know there are consequences, both foreseen and unintended, of staying and of leaving. The president has made the decision to leave. She said the U.S. should be focusing on two huge consequences. Number one, the potential collapse of the Afghan government and a takeover of Afghanistan by the Taliban. Remember the Taliban? Didn't hear from the Taliban for four years under Donald Trump. But a largely Taliban-run government at some point in the not-too-distant future is what Hillary Rotten Clinton is predicting, as were we on this program. She said, how do we help and protect the many, many thousands of Afghans who worked with the United States and NATO, those who stood up and spoke out for women's rights and human rights? She says, I hope the administration in concert with the Congress will have a very large visa program and will immediately begin to try to provide that channel for so many Afghans to utilize so they're not left in danger. In other words, opening the door for thousands and thousands of Afghanistan soon-to-be refugees who will have to flee their home country and park their happy asses here in the United States of America with free visas. She said there will also be a huge refugee outflow of Afghans, which I just said. And she goes on to say, of course, the second big set of problems revolves around a resumption of activities by global terrorist groups most particularly Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, better known as ISIS in the real world, and ISIL by that idiot Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama. She summed up saying, it's one thing to pull out troops that have been supporting security in Afghanistan, supporting the Afghan military, leaving it pretty much to fend for itself, but we cannot afford to walk away from the consequences of that decision. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. According to CNN, nearly one-third of Americans have now received full inoculation against the Kung Fu Wuhan flu. Oh no, they didn't call it that. The Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019? Uh -uh. They didn't call it that either. They called it the COVID-19 outbreak. 
An infectious diseases specialist named Dr. Celine Gounder told CNN on Sunday, it's going to take us that much longer to get back to life as normal, to stop having to wear masks for our protection if people don't get vaccinated and we don't have equitable distribution of vaccines. Yes, CNN loves to play the race card. COVID-19 vaccine equity is key, not only for the U.S., but across the globe in order to reach the pandemic's so-called finish line. Gounder said, if you're having ongoing transmission, replication of the viruses in places like India and Brazil, you will end up with mutant viruses, which threaten our recovery. Again, Donald Trump had the right idea in the beginning, boys and girls. He initially shut down travel to the United States from China. And you might recall people like gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris, nasty Nazi Pelosi, Chuckles the Clown Schumer, and others all called Donald Trump a xenophobe, a racist, and a bigot for telling people you can't come here from China when that's where the damn virus began. Now, of course, the Biden administration is talking about stopping people coming to the United States from India. And you don't hear him being called a xenophobe, a bigot, a racist. Experts, including Dr. Anthony Fucci, have estimated that between 70 and 85% of the U.S. population would need to be immune to the virus through vaccine or previous infection in order to control the spread. So far, more than 44% of our population has received at least one COVID-19 shot and more than 31% is fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. If you can believe what those clowns have to say. And of course, they have to play that race card and say, oh, all the white people that want to get them are getting them, but the poor black people, the poor Latino people, they can't seem to get the shots at the same rate as whitey. Well, guess what? With all the free rides to the shot places, with all the mobile vaccination centers that are popping up all over the place, those people don't have to worry about using their own cars or burning their own gas. The shots are coming to them or they're getting free bus passes to the shots. If there is a disparate number of minorities not getting the shots, it's because they don't want the shots. They don't trust the government. Blacks still remember the Tuskegee experiment where black men were getting syphilis injected into their bodies under the guise of research. Black people also are still reeling from the thought that AIDS was invented by the government to kill black people. If there are not black people lining up for shots, it's because black people don't want to line up for shots. 95% of the racist perception of the United States of America starts in that community, perpetuates and grows in that community, and ends in that community. I have not heard one single instance where people lined up for shots have been told, sorry, whites only today. I've not heard of one single instance where people line up for shots and they walk by and pass up certain minorities and say, wait till we finish the white folk. You guys in your race war and your race baiting bullshit, you need to grow up. You need to understand 
Systemic racism is in your minds, your weak, feeble, ignorant minds. This is the United States of America. When everyone in the United States of America participates equally in the success of our nation, the nation will be successful. As long as certain factions within this nation continue to divide and segregate themselves and consider themselves always victims instead of doing something positive, this nation will be screwed. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Ah, there, that just about completes it. Hey, John, what are you doing? Why are you changing your business sign? Well, Jason, ever since the government decided to pay people more to stay at home than they make at their jobs, I just can't seem to get caught up. I don't have enough employees to run this business properly, so I can't serve their needs like I used to. What do you mean, John? Well, Jason, when the government started paying unemployment checks and then added $600 a week on top of that unemployment, and then extended unemployment for a year, most of my crew either simply quit or they did something stupid to get fired so that they could go out and file for unemployment plus. And they get all those government bonuses in addition to those stimulus checks. On top of all that money, they're not paying their rent either and just hanging on to all that money. So they've got lots of cash. They don't feel like they need to come to work. So you're renaming your fast oil change business from 30-minute oil change to 30-day oil change? Seems a bit extreme, John. It is. My one-hour dry cleaning locations are changing their name to one-week dry cleaners as well. Man, I see the prices went up too. Why is that? Well, the few employees I did manage to keep are now demanding twice as much per hour. And when the minimum wage increase kicks in later on this year, they'll demand even more. So guess what? Prices are going to go up on everything, everywhere you go. That's Democrat-fostered inflation at its evil worst. Reminds me of when Jimmy Carter ran this country into the ground. They lied about an oil shortage, a gasoline shortage, a milk shortage, just so they could all raise their prices. And then, when that TV show caught them dumping gasoline and milk in the desert, they denied it. And then, the media simply buried the stories. <laughs> Typical Democrat lies straight from the Democrat playbook, Jason. And about half the nation will fall for it now, just like their parents and grandparents fell for it under Jimmy Carter in the 1970s. The only difference between back then and now is they're saying the climate back then was going to freeze and a new ice age was coming. Now they lie and tell you that the climate is warming and we're all going to be dead in the next nine years. I thought it was 12 years, John. It was 12 years, but that was three years ago, so do the math. 12 minus 3 is 9. Just like that fuzzy math they're using to claim that there are only 11 million illegal immigrants here in the U.S. That was the figure they used way back in 2009 when Obama and Biden first moved into the White House. With over 170,000 coming in March of this year alone, and they're expecting more and more each month for the next four years, it's more like 30 to 40 million illegal invading immigrants. Again, do the math, 11 million in 2009, adding over a million a year for 12 years, and this year they'll double it to 2 million a year, not to mention all the kids they're spitting out. Hell, we'll be the minority by the year 2030. I guess we better brush up on our Spanish and our Ebonics. We don't reproduce as a race nearly as fast as the top two minorities do. See, si, senor. See, 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 senor. Hey, let me catch this phone call. 30-day oil change, how can I help you?
There are legal questions popping up now in the state of Texas as more and more county, city, and town policing agencies are volunteering to engage with U.S. Customs and Border Protection as well as Border Patrol and ICE agents in trying to curtail the massive influx of invading illegal alien migrants into the United States. Federal agents encountered 172,331 illegal immigrants in March and nearly 70,000 higher than in March of 2019 when large numbers of migrants arrived at the border at the behest of the Democrats trying to overrun and break the system. In Texas's Rio Grande Valley, migrants cross in groups of 50 or 100 at a time and usually walk right up to police agencies and turn themselves in, claiming asylum, are hoping to be processed and then simply released into the population until their court date, for which they never show up. Border Patrol agents are actually ferrying migrants to holding facilities, and sheriff's deputies are having to step in to answer calls of migrants trespassing on private land, blocking smugglers from getting through. Sheriffs and police officers do not want to be immigration officers, but they're being forced into the role of assisting Border Patrol because the actual Border Patrol is currently spread so thin, performing babysitting services, performing ferry boat services. It's just not right. Under the U.S. Constitution, immigration enforcement and border security are roles assigned to federal agents, not locals. Local communities might have 287G agreements, which are contracts with the federal government that delegate some enforcement duties to local authorities, such as alerting immigration officials when they arrest an undocumented immigrant. They can assist in some immigration enforcement, but police officers are not trained in the complexities of immigration law or engaging with migrants. One of the risks allowing local officers engagement with migrants is it could dissuade immigrants living in the community to later report crimes, fearing run-in with immigration officers. Well, guess what? If you're here illegally, you are committing a crime. You have already committed a crime by getting into this nation illegally. But guess what? That doesn't matter. The Democrats have sent a clear message Come on in, the border's wide open, you are breaking the law, but we're going to look the other way for that offense. Just please don't break any other laws. And if you do break other laws, eh, we probably won't do much to you because you have brown skin. And we already have a problem with this thing we made up called systemic police racism against black and brown skinned people. So come on in, break our immigration laws, hell, break any law you want. Just leave the rich white neighborhoods alone and we won't bother you too much. We truly are seeing the end of the United States of America as a sovereign nation with borders and with immigration laws because the immigrants are coming across 50, 100, 150 at a time and they're laughing, laughing at gropey Joe Biden and his feeble, weak ineptness as the president. Steve and the Truth Hurts Program. Let's talk again about the double standard in the United States of America when it comes to the Democrats, the leftists, the progressives, the liberals, and of course, their willing accomplices in the mainstream media. Let's say tomorrow, 
a black church got vandalized in the United States and they found out that a white guy did the vandalizing, you would see 24-hour-a-day non-stop coverage of the racist event, of the horrific hate crime being perpetuated against the AA 13% hyphenated American minority community and their houses of worship. And you would see the name, first, middle, and last name of the alleged racist, bigoted, white supremacist vandal who dared to vandalize a church which was run by people of color. The headline would be something like this. White supremacist thug vandalizes black historic house of worship. But it's altogether different in the media when the perpetrator is black and the church is white. CBS News reported this morning the following headline on their online platform. NYC man arrested on hate crime charges for vandalizing synagogues. It's funny, the article should have read, Black New York City man arrested for hate crime charges in vandalizing white synagogues. But this article reads, Surveillance footage showing a man hurling rocks through the doors and windows of houses of worship in New York City left community leaders on edge. Over the weekend, police arrested 29-year-old man on hate crime charges in connection with the vandalization of several Bronx synagogues, which included the destruction of prayer books. The New York PD Hate Crimes Task Force announced on Saturday that they arrested Jordan Burnett, who is from the Bronx, for refusing to cooperate with officers and provide proper identification after he was stopped for riding his bicycle against the flow of traffic. Bicycling while black. Surveillance footage allegedly showed Burnett smashing a van windshield with a rock ahead of his encounter with police. Further investigation connected Burnett to several vandalism incidents at Jewish houses of worship. A caretaker at Adath Israel of Riverdale told police that a bicycle stolen from the synagogue's shed matched the one Burnett was riding when he was stopped by officers. Bicycling while black. Burnett faces charges including burglary as a hate crime and numerous charges related to the acts of vandalism as hate crimes that have taken place in this community. This according to Jessica Corey, the commanding officer of the NYPD Hate Crimes Task Force during a Sunday news conference. Stop, just for a moment. Still, they have not said the race of Mr. Burnett. They haven't revealed it at all, but if you scroll through the pictures, you see a Blafrican American 13% AA minority. AA, if you don't know, if you're new to the program, means African American. That's seven syllables. Double A is three syllables, so I save time and space on the World Wide Web by calling them Double A instead of wasting my breath calling them African Americans. Now be honest, a bunch of you just counted the syllables on your fingers, right? Burnett allegedly threw rocks at multiple synagogues, breaking mini glass windows and damaging other property. Police believe Burnett is responsible for damaging at least four synagogues in Riverdale in the month of April. They still didn't mention his race. They still didn't mention the fact that those synagogues were primarily white. 
I don't believe the family of Sammy Davis Jr. attended any of those synagogues. When questioned about a possible motive, an investigation is ongoing, was the only answer we received from the police. It is unclear if Burnett has hired an attorney, but remember, in the United States, one will be a party for you if you cannot afford one. And if you stole a bicycle and used rocks you found on the ground to vandalize a synagogue in a rich white neighborhood, you probably can't afford an attorney. Last year marked the third highest year for incidents against American Jews since the Anti-Defamation League began tracking data in 1979. The states with the highest number of incidents included, here comes the duh moment, New York, New Jersey, California, Florida, and Pennsylvania. And what mainstream leftist media article would be complete without making some kind of connection to Donald Trump and his loyal supporters? In this article from CBS News, there was a paragraph that said, The Capitol attack on January 6th showed many rioters wearing clothing with anti-Semitic messages, including the phrase, Camp Auschwitz. Some Jewish leaders said the growth of anti-Semitic crimes intensified under Trump's administration. Really? I don't recall hearing of too many on the mainstream media during Trump's administration. And many of those at the Capitol riots on January 6th were members of Antifa, members of BLM, as well as other anti-Trump protesters. The bottom line here is this article failed to report the race of Mr. Burnett, a 13% double-A hyphenated American minority, black man committing hate crimes against white Jewish churches. You didn't see his race mentioned one single time. 15 paragraphs and not one mention of this black guy's race. Imagine if it would have been a white guy against a black church. How many times would the media have rammed that bit of information down your throat? The double standard is eye-opening. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. A Canadian oil firm has leased a bunch of land, 30,000 acres of land in Africa. And they claim they have found 12 billion barrels of oil, worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. Some experts actually believe the oil reserves there are even larger. According to Craig Steinke, the co-founder of Recon Africa, a Canadian-owned company, there is oil at 12,000 feet, and they have a 1,000-horsepower rig working quickly to get to the bottom and take that oil. Their detailed aeromagnetic survey of the basin says it is large enough and deep enough to contain a whole bunch of oil. And every basin of that depth in the world produces lots and lots of oil and natural gas. Recon Africa is calling this part of eastern Namibia and western Botswana the Kavango Basin. And they're going to take a bunch of oil out of the ground. You see, it's part of a wide geological formation that was already known to geologists. About 110 million years ago, it formed at the bottom of a shallow inland sea. Supporters of drilling in that part of the world are saying it could transform the fortunes of those two nations, Namibia and Botswana, and that the countries have every right to exploit their own natural resources. 
They just don't have the skill or the equipment to do so, so they're allowing the Canadian firm to do what firms will do. As reasoning goes, the developed world has spent the past century exploiting its own fossil fuel reserves and getting rich in the process. Why not us? Opponents, of course, are using the familiar argument against oil exploration. They think that this major fine would devastate the regional ecosystem. After all, you do have to cut down a few trees to put in an oil road and then an oil rig. Namibia does not have its own oil industry to speak of. It's already being hammered by the world's dependency on fossil fuels. Wait a minute! This article is misleading. I thought we were getting away from fossil fuels. I thought wind turbines, solar panels, and electric cars were going to be the wave of the future. Apparently, only the United States has such predictions. The Gropey Joe administration, along with many of his friends in Europe, want us to be carbon-free by 2050. But that just means countries like China, Russia, and now India and Africa will be using the oil and polluting just as much as we are now, but it won't matter. Our nation will have already dwindled into a third world hellhole because of the policies of the Democrats, the policies of the Biden administration, the policies of the Green New Deal that are screwing our country and choking off the lifeblood of our economy. Hello, Baxter residents. Hello, Dad. It's Chad. I just wanted to call and tell you I won't be coming home for the holidays this year. Why not, son? We just bought you that brand new car you begged us to buy you for your graduation. You shouldn't have to worry about making the trip home. Well, Dad, that new electric car you bought me is nice, but it does have its drawbacks. And when I got out here to California, I didn't realize how expensive everything is compared to Birmingham. Remember when I graduated from college with my degree in gender and racial equity studies? I was sure that as soon as I arrived, some Fortune 500 corporation was going to swoop in, scoop me up, and offer me a top-level position. You know, like CEO or COO or CFO, or at least a division president or vice president's position. After all, I am a young, woke progressive with great ideas on how to change the world. But son, what's that got to do with you coming home for the holidays? Well, Dad, ever since I got here, the only job I could find, even with my degree, is working at a homeless shelter, and it only pays ten bucks an hour. It would have been seven twenty-five, but the city here is at least enlightened enough to say that ten-dollar minimum wage is better than seven twenty-five. That's four hundred bucks a week, Dad, and I spend about eighty percent of my income on rent and utilities for this three-bedroom apartment that I share with five other people. The rest goes to food, and that doesn't leave me with very much to save. Well, son, at least that Shondu Democrat that you asked for doesn't use any gas or diesel, so you don't have to pay for fuel, right? Uh, about the car, Dad. It doesn't work at night because the solar panels aren't getting any light, and there's not much wind to run the wind turbines, so it doesn't really go very far. Remember when Chucky Miller drove out here from Birmingham? He told me it was a 34-hour drive. He made it in three days, and he brought all of his stuff with him. He's got one of those new Kingfish 350 pickup trucks with the big diesel motor. For me, it was a nine-and-a-half-day trip, and I could hardly find anywhere to charge up the Shandu. When Chucky stops for fuel, it takes about 15 minutes. For me, it's a three-hour charge, and most of those places are now starting to charge me to charge the Shandu. 
Well, son, I guess those places have to pay for the electricity you are using in your car. It's not fair. Electricity for electric cars should be considered infrastructure, just like my President Joe Biden said. Just like child care, just like elderly care, just like health care, just like free counseling, free medicine, free education. Wait a minute now, son. Hold on. You're getting a little bit upset there. Don't you think you need to calm down a little bit? Father, please don't tell me when to calm down. My school counselor said I have the right to express my frustration, my anger, and my resentment. And I should be allowed a safe space in which to do so. I didn't ask to be brought into this world, you know. And you're not a licensed therapist, so what do you know anyway? Okay, son. Hey, listen, I gotta run, man. Sorry you won't be able to make it home for the holidays. But listen, enjoy your new life with your new roommates and your new community. And enjoy your new car, for one day you might be living in it. One day you'll realize that everything I told you was absolutely 100% correct and that those wacky ideas the so-called woke professors were telling you was complete crap. Whatever, Dad. But until I do, do you think you could spot me some cash? Daddy? Hello? Hello? Aw. Welcome to the woke world of progressive liberalism. That is going to wrap up this morning's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great Monday. We've still got a whole lot more time in the four-year lifespan of the Gropey Joe Camel Toe administration. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.